0: to the Behaviors and Trauma and Education podcast. This week, I want to talk about um, implementing some strategies and some things that we can do as educators to reach those top three to five difficult students that we see. We all have those three to five names that really give us a run for our money in whatever role we are as educators. And I want to develop some strategies and help network some ideas of things to try with these students. The first step in understanding these students is to ask ourselves, do we even know who they are? And when i say that do you know where they came from do you know where they grew up do you know their socioeconomic status do you know who the primary caregivers and caretakers are in their lives and when we can dive into some of those questions and get to know the why and get to know the environments that these students grew up in it'll better help us understand some reasons why they act the way that they do the second part is relationships there's nothing that i can say that will help more and have better results than developing relationships with these students oftentimes they're lacking positive role models in their lives and they don't have the people to have positive healthy relationships with to have those happy and sometimes those hard conversations so when we can devote time to taking the extra step taking that kid out of the classroom having those private conversations developing that relationship eating lunch with them all those different strategies when we can really do that for these students your tough students and get to know them that's when you'll start to see gains. That's when you'll start to close gaps. And that's when those students will really like to enjoy being in your classrooms. The second thing that I wanna, or the third thing I wanna leave you with is a couple things that Brian Mendler, um, I would say he's one of the pioneers in working with some of the tough students. And he's got five non-negotiables for working with your toughest students. Number one, some is better than none. So when you think of these tough students, you probably have a student in your brain right now We need to accept that some is better than none. And in terms of academic work and time in the classroom, that is a big hitter. Some academic work is better than none. And some time in the classroom is better than none. A lot of times these students don't have the capacity and the stamina to work, 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 work from start to finish. The bell ring to bell end. So some is always better than none. Number two, late is better than not at all. So a student walking in late to school, a student walking in late to class, oftentimes is better than them not being there at all. So when we're able to be happy that that student made it instead of getting upset and giving them um, reprimands for not being there on time, and we're able to welcome them in the classroom instead of staring at them and giving them a punishment, it'll really help those students feel safe and secure. And the likelihood of them coming back and repeating and coming back a little sooner the next day is a lot higher. Number three, private is better than public. And this is one of my favorite ones that Mendler talks about because a lot of the conversations that we need to have with these students are really important. And when you create that relationship with these students and you show them that you're willing to have some of those tough conversations in private instead of in public in front of their peers and embarrassing them and reprimanding them, it will show them that you care and it will show them that we're able to understand them and we're able to do it in a place where it's just you and that student. It's a place where they can feel safe, where they can say their thoughts and opinions, and it's not gonna embarrass them in front of their peers, and it's not gonna make them feel nervous. Number four, social skills are most important. This is another big one because think of some of the things that these students have went through and when we can accept that social skills are vital for their success in getting through school and getting through life and understanding that they might not be in a position to be extremely successful academically but if we can teach them the social skills to get through the day to get a job someday to talk through an interview to be polite to have manners these are the things that we're going to be able to do to help these students thrive when they get older Number five, I think this is the toughest, but it's probably the most rewarding that Mendler talks about of his non-negotiables is forgiving and walking away is the greatest strength you can do as a teacher when working with these tough students. All tough students want to do is have a power struggle. They wanna always get the last word in. They always wanna show that they're on top, that they're superior. They wanna show off to their friends. And when as educators, we can sit down and when we get in one of those power struggles, forgive them for what they're saying, walk away and let them know that they did get the last word in and that we're not worried about getting the last word in and we love them unconditionally and we understand that they're upset it will really show the students that we are there and we do care about them the things that we run into sometimes as educators is establishing that dominance in your classroom especially if you have 30 kids in your classroom and there's that one kid that is just seeking you out and having those verbal altercations we want to get the last word in to show we're powerful and we're superior and we're the teachers and we're in control of our classrooms but the most beneficial thing you can do with these students is to walk away don't engage tell them that you forgive them for what they've done and have that private conversation in a couple hours or the next day and talk to them show them what issues you had with them And don't embarrass them in front of their friends and let them get that last word in. At the end of the day, it's not something that we're going to lose sleep over. So why do we need to make it public and reprimand and embarrass students? When we talk about giving consequences and things that we can do for these students, sometimes they will have behaviors. Sometimes they will do things that we need to act on. And one of the best things that I've heard from one of my coordinators that... um, talks about consequences. And it ask yourself two things when giving a student a consequence. Is it a can't do or is it a won't do? And when you think of students with behavioral disabilities and emotional disabilities, is it something the student can do? So is it because of their disability? If they're physically not able to regulate and they're not able to do anything because of their disability, it's a different story than won't do. Can't do, There's either a skill deficit, they don't have the skills to do what you're asking them to do, or it's a performance deficit where they're not able to perform and they are not able to show you what they know. So when we give students consequences and we want to send them to the office and we want to kick them out of class and go make them sit in the hallway, we need to think in our heads, can the student actually do this? Can the student actually achieve what I'm asking them to do? Or are they just choosing not to? Are they not doing it? can't do versus won't do. They're choosing not to, they have the abilities, they have no gaps, they're just being a stinker and they're not doing it. So when we think about how we wanna respond to kids' behaviors, we need to be able to think about, okay, before I respond and I get upset and I start contacting administration, or if you are an administrator and you're about ready to give out a consequence, are we thinking about the skill deficit and the performance deficit or is it just a choice? Can the student, Physically and emotionally do the task that's asked of them, or are they just choosing not to? They won't do it. It's a choice. When we can shift our mindset to understand that there are students that physically and emotionally are not in a state to where they can do the tasks that are asked for them to do, it will really change how we're able to respond to kids and give them the needs and support throughout the school system. The last thing that I want to leave you guys with is motivation. I've worked with some pretty complex kiddos, some of the tougher kiddos in your MTSS systems, and I have not found a single student that is not willing to work for something that is positive and reinforcing and intrinsically or extrinsically motivating to them. Now, does it take a while to find that secret sauce Absolutely. It takes collaboration between gen ed teachers, special educators, administrators, parents and guardians to find what is motivating. It may not be something in school. It may be something at home. It may not be something at home. It may be something in school. It may be a a combination of both. When you're able to find what is motivating, what is driving for that student and something that they're willing to work towards. That is when you can see the growth. A lot of these students don't have the intrinsic and extrinsic motivation to do things on their own, which is why we got to be able to provide motivators for them to get up, get going, and do some of the things we ask them to do. One of the best things that I have done and something that I have found has yielded some really good success is positive and negative reinforcement when we put motivators and reinforcement plans together. So what I mean by this is a student is never allowed to stay neutral. So for example, something that I've done in the past that showed really good growth with a student is they've had a positive reinforcer at home and then they've had a negative reinforcer at school. So if the student did what was asked of them based on their behavior plan, they would go home and they would earn an extra tech time, extra uh, maybe Netflix, extra YouTube, extra video games, uh, contrary to what their normal tech time was. On the flip side, on the negative side, if they don't do what's asked of them, they're going to lose their time at lunchtime with their friends. So they're going to have what we would call lunch detention um, in our district. So the student knows I have two options. I can do what's asked of me or I can't. I know if I do what's asked of me, I'm going to get extra tech time at home and I'm going to get reinforced at home because that that was really motivating to that student. I know on the flip side of a negative reinforcement if i don't do what's asked of me i'm going to lose my lunch with my friends the next day and so by having something positively and negatively reinforcing it's going to allow the student to never stay neutral every single day they have to make a choice they can't flatline and they can't just coast so by doing this it really helps students think i see their brains work i see them respond to things and ultimately i would say 70 to 80 percent of the time they're always going to lean towards that positive reinforcement but on the days they're having a bad day and they get the negative reinforcement it's that much more reassuring and reinforcing that the next day they're not going to do that again because it's stung they didn't get the reinforcement that they wanted at home so they have a motivator the next day if these things still don't work we have to find the function of the behavior so if all of these less or all of these strategies and tools and things that we've talked about don't work, we have to figure out why the student is doing what they're doing. And this is when you would maybe talk to your school psychologist, talk to to your school um, student assistance team. And this is when you would want to maybe dive into a functional behavior assessment um, and figure out what the function of the behavior is and then work on putting a behavior intervention plan in place. Thank you for listening.